This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Going beyond the box score and the diamond. This is the show with the latest news and information on your hometown nine and the entire organization. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, it's Chris Atterbury welcoming you to Inside Twins. It is Hall of Fame weekend here in downtown Minneapolis. A lot of fun had yesterday with Ron Gardenhire's induction today. The late great Cesar Tovar and our own Dan Gladden into the Twins Hall of Fame. So it makes for a big day. It makes for a big weekend. The weather has cooperated, expecting a big crowd. And oh, by the way, there will be a baseball game between the Twins and the Texas Rangers. Our show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provost will be the on-field MC today. So we have co-opted the broadcast booth and very pleased to have Derek Falvey join me here for another edition of Inside Twins. And as we look at the season, we, we could take this in a lot of different ways. I want to start kind of on a one-off. We were going to talk with Alex Hassan this week, uh, who runs things in, in the minor leagues. But a, a big deal kind of going on in the Dominican Republic right now. I don't know if I get the name right. International Summit, if that's the right, if that's the <laughs> that right term. I know there's a graduation going on at yeah. the academy. But if you could just speak briefly on that, because it's a topic we don't probably shine enough light on, but it's a very vital element of the organization, and it's certainly one worth worth uh, glorifying a bit. No doubt, and I, I appreciate you bringing that up, Chris, because you know when we talk about what happens here at Target Field, that's the focus, obviously. That's where our team is, but the pipeline and what we do to bring players in, the Jorge Polancos and the Max Keplers and, the, and, and players across all of the international space in addition to what we do in free agency and amateur, well, it starts with the international scouts. And there's been a change, uh, or, or there wasn't a change, I should say, with the new CBA. There was some thought about an international draft. That has changed. We are in a traditional international signing system where you have a pool of money that you can, you can sign players for. So all of our international scouts are in the Dominican right now with a number of our player development personnel, uh, with our front office folks, training up on how we're going to approach this new uh, international uh, signing period. Ultimately, uh, it's a great few days where we spend a lot of time trying to understand our systems, make sure that everyone's trained up so that we can scout the best players out there. And then the graduation, as you pointed to, uh, is a really cool thing. I mean, the Polat family has invested in all of the employees as part of this company. That transcends the field. And at the lowest levels, you know, I was there a couple of years ago doing the keynote address <laughs> at, the, at, the, uh, at the graduation, but in that class was Joan Durant. And he had gotten his high school equivalency degree as part of that program and it's something that's really special because these kids some of these kids from the Dominican Republic or Venezuela haven't gotten the education that some of the kids in the states do uh, certainly they could have fifth sixth seventh grade educations at most 
So this gives them a chance to, to earn what is a, a high school equivalency in a way that actually sets them up for off-field in addition to on-field. And you guys not only will, will teach them up in a classroom sense, but also just preparing them for a world in which they may be in Cedar Rapids or they may be in another organization and be plopped down in an apartment somewhere else in the middle of a country that they've never been to, which for years and years this has gone on. And it's always been highly problematic, and it's a part of the game that honestly has made me feel bad about the game for a lot of years. And so to go above and beyond to prepare kids not only just in a purely academic sense, but in a worldly sense, too, I think probably makes for better baseball players, but certainly makes for better experience for the people. You're, you're exactly right, and I think that that's what really separates, hopefully, our organization from, from others, and I hope all, a number of other organizations follow suit. There have been already uh, that, that put real effort and money and time into these programs, and we will get a number of people that don't play in the big leagues, that go through these programs, that become coaches for us that have an opportunity to then grow in a different angle of their career, and then some who don't stay in baseball, but we feel we've made an impact in their lives and they have the ability to make a, to make an impact elsewhere. So I, I think it's just a really key element to our franchise and speaks hopefully to our culture. And for so many years, kids were at a crossroads. You're 16, maybe not quite 16. Is it baseball or is it something else? And often if you chase baseball, look, most of them don't make it. And if you chase baseball so often, you gave up on that other path and this allows you to keep more doors open. That's exactly right. And I think that that's something that when you see those players come back years later, even those who, as you said, don't make the big leagues, but you find out they're coaching somewhere else. They might be coaching overseas. They might be in Japan and the NPB or in Korea, but they felt they had a foundation and, and something to build on because of what we invested in, in them off the field. All right, that's what's going on in the Dominican Republic at the Academy here, of course. The Twins are welcoming in their new class of Hall of Famers, and they're battling the Rangers in a four-game series and one back of Cleveland. As we're now coming down the stretch, Derek, uh, all of the talk with this is what you build up to is this next stretch of 40-plus games here uh, for Rocco Baldelli and his crew. I asked you one of the first shows of the year, and I posed the question to Rocco, too. What's the identity of the 2022 Twins? And at the time, it was like, to be determined. What would you say now? 116 games under your belt or so? What is the identity when you think of the 2022 Minnesota Twins, is there an identity in this team? Yeah, I think if there's one word I would use, it's probably resilience. I, I think that this is a team that, uh, when you look at it, unfortunately, we've had some poor luck on the injury front You know, through the course of the season. I think we're second or third, somewhere in that range of total IL placements and players and having to deal with short stretches down and some guys we lost for the season. And ultimately, when, you, when that happens, if you look at the beginning of a year and you look at how teams play out, if you do that, you typically don't put yourself in playoff position, right? And so the, the reality is we've been hamstrung some by some of that. And ultimately, guys stepping up, the next player stepping into a role, you know, navigating the unique realities and circumstances. I think of a Nick Gordon. I think of you know, Jose Miranda coming up and playing the role he has. I think of some of the pitchers that have had to step up and step in for us. For me, it's, it's all about being resilient. And I think showing up every day with giving ourselves a chance to win, we've played a lot of close games, a lot of tight finish games. And ultimately, I, I hope that will serve us well down the last month. All right, good answer. There we have. We It took 117 games, <laughs> but we come to a conclusive answer. We'll take a break now. When we come back, we'll talk about, unfortunately, more injuries, the status of Tyler Malley, and also uh, who might be available down the stretch who maybe we haven't even seen yet in 2022. The show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killerbrew Root Beer, and we're back with Derek Falvey in a moment on your home for Twins Baseball. Chris Atterbury alongside Derek Falvey. We're live at Target Field overlooking a uh, gorgeous playing surface, and it's going to be a great day 
after a Hall of Fame ceremony for Cesar Tovar and Dan Gladden. And then baseball as the Twins take on the Rangers. Joe Ryan trying to become a 10-game winner. You remember the last 10-game winner we had? I don't right off the top of my head. 2019. We got to go back to 2019. Okay. Barrio, Sotorizzi, okay. Gibson, Pineda, and Perez. Okay, that so makes it's, sense. Uh, it's been a minute. Joe Ryan's got a chance to do that today. I want to talk about Tyler Malley and his status. First and foremost, uh, he's going to miss a couple starts, uh, but you didn't find any further damage. Is that the good news? Yeah, that's the great news. I mean, as we look at it, we certainly took a few days to try and assess. Let's see how he's coming back. Uh, because his strength wasn't there, there's no there's no known injury or otherwise after an MRI or any type of reveal of, of any issue in the shoulder, but his strength and his rotator cuff strength isn't right where it needs to be. So rather than try and rush him back, get him back on a mound here to just skip one start, we said let's let's take our time here, make sure we're in a good place that on September 2nd he can come back and pitch for us. And he's been everything advertised right up to that point. Now is this the same injury that had him on the injured list? In Cincinnati earlier this year. I think it's probably related in some ways, right? It's it's a it's rotator cuff kind of strain, inflammation type, you know, uh, of, of an issue, but which basically indicates that it's just weakness and, and some and some small issue there. So I think that it's probably related to that. Obviously, we don't know exactly what he was feeling at that moment in time, uh, but it does feel like that. We just got to get him strong here so that he can push through the final season. Now fans started saying, "Well, gosh, Paddock got hurt. He'd been hurt. Dyson was hurt when he got here. Couldn't throw." Is that a trend, or is that simply the cost of doing business when you're talking about trading for pitchers? Yeah, I think cost of doing business to some degree. And also we knew, you know, we've known a lot of things about individuals where we go through that process. And ultimately the Sam Dyson one was the one that probably surprised us the most. But we recognize that there are risks associated with all, all pitchers along the way, um, ultimately. But we feel like Tyler's going to be in a good spot. There's nothing that was revealed that's more concerning than, than, uh, than what we're, we're saying now. So hopefully he's back September 2nd and pushing all the way to the playoffs. The other guys you added have given you a bullpen where you can kind of line guys out and the way that you guys utilize your bullpen I'll see one inning guys try to keep them as few back-to-backs as possible which is just common sense you're playing a ton of games in a row they're all going to be tight because I feel like we play a tight game every single night how do you look at that bullpen and say okay do we have enough uh, or do we do we need to have a spot in that bullpen that's like the carousel spot where we're rotating guys in and out? Is that a concern down the stretch? You know, it's always part of the equation, but what we focus on to talk about is just the group that's here, Rocco and Pete and Colby and the whole pitching crew and the medical staff, they're trying to get everyone prepared every day. What our jobs are, my, my job and everybody else within our front office, is to make sure we have the right depth in AAA. So we've been able to sign some guys, claim some off waivers, add to that depth in AAA because inevitably we are going to need those guys. There are going to be roster moves along the way to help keep us fresh and to deepen that group. Uh, one of the guys I get asked about all the time is Kent Maeda. Is he going to ride over the hill and save the day in September? Uh, that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy coming off injury who you have to think about in a broader sense. But where is he and is there a potential that he could help this team? Yeah, I think you know the last stage for him here in this quote-unquote rehab you know, start is uh, he goes to see Dr. Keith Meister who did his, his surgery uh, to just get that final checkup which would then allow him into live VPs. And at that point, you're into a full go, you're facing hitters, you're on a regular mound, you're feeling like you're going. And at that point, if he's feeling good and tracking, we still think there's a, a chance and a possibility he could be pitching for us in September. Is that something, and I know you're, you have to be careful with your words, but is that something you're 
you would plan for or just it would be a pleasant surprise if, in fact, it was able to happen? Well, I think both, right? I, I think the answer to that is we should plan as if there's a possibility of this because we have no reason to think right now we need to slow him down. And ultimately, that, that's where his head's at and that's where he wants to be. But at the end of the day, we can't count on it. You know, so we want to be prepared and planning around him to make sure that we have enough, enough depth as we need it down the stretch. Another guy battling injury is Randy Dobnak, and he started to throw to some hitters this week. Uh, any chance that Randy Dobnak could become uh, somebody who could help you out down the stretch? Yeah, it's it, probably the most encouraging signs with Randy with that finger injury that we've had since he had it. Uh, ultimately, up to 93, you know, throwing the ball over the plate, getting the sink that I think he needs to see. You know, that was one of the issues with his particular finger issue that he couldn't quite get the same movement on the pitches. So ultimately, we feel he's in a good place. He's seen the surgeon. They, they are all on board with his plan here, and, and we could see him in September as well. You bring up a great point. Because of the type of pitcher he is and the type of injury he had, could he come back almost having to relearn what his pitches do and how to command them? Yeah, I think when you're down for as long, for any pitcher who's down for as long as Randy's been down, ultimately you do come back and have to relearn that a little bit. And there's always a bit of hesitation, especially for a guy who hadn't been hurt before, as to if, is there something I'm going to do to throw a pitch that's going to initiate that injury again? And, and so for him, it's learning that, no, he can get going and he can let it go and, and really let it fire and let it come off the end of his finger and feel okay. And this is the first he's felt like that. Yeah, and you wonder, too, did he find something new? Did suddenly he let it go and be like, whoa, that moved away. I didn't even think he could move before. So. I've seen that before. I've seen pitchers really figure out a, a, a cutter coming back on a rehab, you know, just not even realizing they have it. Uh, Brian Shaw is a pitcher like that. I remember learning that years ago. So I've seen that along the way. A couple of other names. One was Louis Varland, who set St. Paul on fire. I think it's super smart of you guys to have your top two minor league prospects be from the St. Paul area. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> brilliant foresight to bring Walner and Varland back. Uh, the velocity way up. Uh, for Varland, he did everything you asked and then some in his debut and I know people are clamoring to know is there a chance that Louis Varland becomes a big leaguer this yeah, year? Yeah, you know, he followed it up with another start that was really good over there, and he's throwing the ball well, he's, he's, he's attacking the plate. I think the biggest thing you see going from double-A to triple-A is that sometimes the stuff at double-A is excellent, but you get to triple-A, and there's some advanced hitters down there. There's guys with five, six, seven years of major league service, and sometimes they make you really come in the strike zone. And I think Louis's got really good pitches. He's got a good fastball. He's got a good breaking ball that he's developed and gotten better. His changeup solid. Now it's getting those outs in the strike zone consistently. He's done that now the first couple of starts. We wouldn't rule out the chance that he could show up here toward the end of the year if he keeps pitching the way he has. That's great news for people here in, in, in the Twin Cities. Simeon Wood Richardson also gets the call, brings that big smile of his, uh, and that engaging personality. Uh, he dealt with a horrible bout of COVID earlier yeah. this year, but he's built himself back up. And how excited are you to see him on the AAA stage? Yeah, definitely. Same thing. I mean, I think much like Louie, he, he has a real advanced feel to pitch. Maybe in some ways a little different than Louie. Louie's got a little more electric stuff that you see right off the bat. Simeon has a, a, a pitch mix that looks more like a 26, 27-year-old. You know, he knows how to use it. He can move it around the zone. Now it's really finishing off that slider, you know, that a pitch that he's been working on over the last year. And we saw that. His last double-A start, he punched out 10. You know, he really found a way to finish guys off. And ultimately now getting to AAA, he puts himself in the same position that Louie's in. All right, so we talked about the pitching depth, and those are some of the names that perhaps could be involved. There are others as well uh, in, in St. Paul that we've seen a lot of them already here in Twins uniforms. Position player-wise, Kyle Garlick goes out, critical right-handed bat. And we're looking at games where we've seen where we had seven of eight left-handed starters. Yep. Teams are going left-handed against the Twins. Rocco's trying to figure out how to shoehorn Urshela and Miranda. Can Buck play center? If he can't, now we got three left-handed outfielders. Is that a concern for you in terms of 
providing depth options as far as the position player core? Well, it's definitely something we had kept an eye on through the course of pre-trade deadline. You know, and ultimately there weren't many guys that got moved that kind of fit that profile, and, and we were keeping an eye trying to see if we could find a way to supplement. Certainly in AAA, you know, doing the same, trying to add where we can, even if it's via waivers or otherwise. Uh, but we do feel good about where Kyle's at. Trevor Larnick's about to go back, you know, out on or hopefully on a rehab assignment here shortly. So we have opportunities to get a few more outfielders, some big league outfielders back in the mix, but certainly Kyle would really help. Catching-wise, uh, Ryan Jeffers working his way back as well. Sandy Leone has been a phenomenal pickup at the trade deadline in a myriad of ways. He and Gary basically going every other day. When Ryan Jeffers is ready to go, does that is that a good problem to have now that you've got three different guys to, to figure out? I think it's a great problem to have because I think when you look at September, you know, you'll have rosters expand to 28. It won't be like it used to be where, where you got 30, 40 you know, players on the roster. Um, ultimately, what we're going to need probably is a third catcher, and, and it opens up some doors. You can pinch hit for somebody. You can maybe match up based on the way a, a game's ending and then know you still have a backup catcher there. So I think he'll just add to the mix. He's been here. He's helping our pitchers along the way. I'm speaking of Ryan, and he'll, he'll add really well to the mix down the stretch. Do you think we'll see a lot with that two-person addition be like one arm? Maybe a third catcher for a lot of teams? I think so. I think that'll probably be the plan, depending on the way the roster shakes out for other teams. I mean, for us, we've added a lot of outfielders with Buck DHing some. So I think it, it could be rotation. Triple A's playing through September, so you can make some of those roster moves through the month. All right, that's Derek Falby with some great insight. We've got one final segment. We'll take a break right here on your Home for Twins Baseball. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Target Field. They're setting up the chairs for today's ceremony. There are all sorts of folks. Might even be a few surprises showing up as part of the Cesar Tovar, Dan Gladden celebration here today of the Twins Hall of Fame. Our show is Inside Twins, brought to you by Killiver Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. will be followed by the pregame lineup card. Rusty Kath will have that. Then we'll carry the ceremony live right up to lineups and first pitch today. Joe Ryan and the Twins taking on this Texas Rangers bunch uh, and it should be a whole lot of fun here. I probably expect another 
Hard-fought, low-scoring ball game, uh, unless I miss my guess. Joined by Derek Falvey. Uh, Derek, Carlos Correa and Corey Seager on display here. They were two guys everybody was chasing after, trying to get a date to the prom last offseason. Two incredibly talented guys. Two guys who've probably had seasons that don't meet their personal expectations, I would guess. Uh, now, Carlos has been a positive in so many ways with this organization, but he just hasn't performed offensively the way I think we all have grown accustomed to seeing him bat. How is he dealing with that? How, from your perspective, are, are, are you looking at his season? Yes, certainly. I mean, Carlos, as you mentioned, you know, we've said this from the get-go. You know, he, we felt he came in with a history of, of winning, of, of being in championship games, of performing in those spots, and, and we knew that would be a value add for us, and he's really helped our, our players navigate. I mentioned earlier the resilience piece. Sometimes when you're not going as good, you need to lean on somebody who's been there before and has gone through this and the ups and downs, and Carlos has stood there and, and, and been the center of the room on a lot of those conversations. He and Buck and Polo and these guys have been around a little bit. So I think everything we've asked of him, he, uh, he's done for us. Certainly, as you mentioned, you know, offensively, not the season he's had year, last year, not the season he's grown accustomed to. I think our focus now is on, that's water under the bridge. Our focus now is these are meaningful games. These are important games. We know he has a low heartbeat. We know he can go out there and, and perform. That's our focus now. Let's get there to the end of the season, and hopefully he's carrying us through the end of the last month of the year. Have you seen anything in the swing that that sparks you is different because the at-bats it's not like he's giving away bats I mean he's grinding exactly. them out he'll walk uh, and obviously he's going to get the best stuff from the opposing pitcher but it's been a lot of singles some broken bat stuff we just haven't seen the that tear that we grew accustomed to of you know five doubles in a week or the ball going into the seats but you don't see anything in the swing yeah no there's nothing there I mean I've, I'm probably not even the person to ask on swing breakdown but talking to our hitting guys and talking to our you know everyone who's around it uh, there's nothing showing up he's hitting the ball hard he's hitting the ball to good spots in fact uh, best exit velocity of his career see there you go season, right so hard. normally if there was a swing flaw or maybe mm -hmm. something going on from a, a mechanical standpoint or a, or a health standpoint it would show up there so i think that he's uh he's certainly feeling good you know he's he's as confident as anyone is in that room and i mean that positively i just think when he goes on the field he knows he can compete with anybody and and hopefully that that transcends to a number of our other players well i think it has transcended through a lot of them and i want to end on a positive note jose miranda Absolutely. has been remarkable his confidence and growth defensively is palpable he made a play last Last night that he had no chance of making early in the year and offensively you want to talk about a, a slow heartbeat we looked up the numbers an average major league player presented with his opportunities would have about 15 fewer runs batted in than he's produced this year are you at the place now where big spot you see him coming up you're like oh good we got the right guy absolutely you know last night watching the chance that he's coming up there in the extra inning spot and he's got a chance to potentially you know go win it again for us I mean he has been fantastic I think what it's a true testament to and maybe a good reminder for everybody is his first two three weeks in the big leagues he looked a little overwhelmed there's nothing you can do to accelerate the experience at the major league level and the speed and ultimately it took him a little bit to get his feet under him but we had so much confidence in his hitting ability you know what he could be overall defensively I think he slowed the game down I think he's much more comfortable now I'm really excited to watch him over a, a whole host of years here his ability to get to different types of pitches different spots of the zone Remarkable. We have one minute left. It is Hall of Fame Day. Uh, did you know much about Cesar Tovar before you, know, you got here? You know, I, I didn't before I got here, but certainly I'm, I, I have one of the votes on that uh, on that committee with respect to the Hall of Fame. And as I studied a little more of his history, it was so clear to me that he's someone that you know, stood out as a as a tremendous twin, a tremendous player for this organization. Uh, and ultimately, I'm glad he's getting recognized today. Yeah, going to be really cool. I mean, obviously, you wish it had happened years ago when Absolutely. he was still with us. And Danny, well, Danny's, Danny's always going to be with us. So uh, <laughs> what do you think is going to 
come out of his mouth through the speech. Oh today. gosh, I you know I don't know. I hope it's I hope it's all okay for radio and television. <laughs> but you know we don't know we don't know for sure with Danny. I, I will say obviously he's been a, a member of this organization for an extremely long time. What he did during the course of his playing career is one thing, but what he's done you know for as an ambassador and trying to be a part of the organization, sitting in this seat that I'm sitting in right now, ultimately means a lot. First time he's ever been referred to as an ambassador. <laughs> Parts of that word sometimes, but never all of that word That's all put well together. Said. Derek, we appreciate it. That's Derek Valvey. The show is Inside Twins. Always great to have Derek share his insights. That'll do it for us. Coming up, Rusty Kath on the pregame lineup card right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.